I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You're listening to Live Mike, episode 36 of this new program here on KSL News Radio. Very grateful that you would uh, share some of your afternoon with us here as we talk about, uh, well, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, the Iowa caucuses, uh, something I've been paying close attention to. The State of the Union is coming up tonight. Uh, I've did a little, I've done a little bit of, di- I did, I've done a little bit of digging on the State of the Union, some of the history of it and some things uh, I think would be interesting for you to keep an eye out for tonight and also know about from history. We're going to talk about uh, as well uh, hunting in the U- in Utah and across the country. It turns out uh, it's not as popular an activity and pastime uh, as uh, it has been in the past. Uh, but right now I'm pleased to be joined on the phone by Sim Gill, Salt Lake County District Attorney going to talk to us for a few minutes about uh, some criminal justice bills. Uh, sir, how are you? I'm doing great, Lee. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'll tell you what. Uh, let me make a deal with you. we got to move through these pretty quickly because, man, i got to get back to making fun of the Iowa caucus system, all right? Okay. Okay. I don't want to stop you <laughs> from making fun of the caucuses, so let's do it. <laughs> uh, so you, uh, your office shared w- with uh, with producer Amy and myself a trio of bills uh, that deal with uh, criminal justice, and there's some reform built into there. And one of the interesting things that I have noted as I've gone through and read uh, some of the details about these bills you shared with me, uh, it's this idea of... Uh, uh, unlikely allies. You've got uh, each one of these three uh, is sponsored by uh, one Democrat, one Republican. I am uh, yeah, grateful absolutely. to see that. You know, when it comes to criminal justice reform, I don't think it's a partisan issue. It's about good governance and justice and fairness. And uh, so I'm really glad to see that uh, bipartisan approach up on the Hill because, you know, we're really just trying to solve problems for our community. Tell us about, uh, tell, uh, let's start uh, with uh, HB 451. This has to do with the, the confidentiality of, of the address and location of uh, victims. Yeah, you know, that's an important bill. This is something that our office has been working with uh, Representative Pitcher. And what this really focuses on, Lee, is the idea that when we have victims who are often victims of domestic violence, human trafficking, sexual assaults, or stalking, that uh, their uh, personal information often gets put into these uh, police reports. And then through the discovery process, uh, people can have access to that. And as they're trying to sort of uh, get their life together, the perpetrator uh, can have access access to that. So there's different states around the country that have sort of uh, passed these what we call address address uh, confidentiality bills, which is basically if you're a victim uh, who is trying to get away from their perpetrator, you can actually uh, go through an application process, which uh, is granted.
presented to you where you will take uh, service of process, and uh, and it's like a PO box that's designated to you for your communications while you can keep yourself safe. So it, re- it respects that uh, law enforcement can have access to it under a certain circumstances, mm-hmm. but the uh, the the offender uh, who is stalking you or pursuing you will not. So it really kind of uh, uh, gives a sense of uh, protection from our community to those victims. It also understands that we may, as parents, may have some incapacitated children, and so it makes provisions for that. It's a very well-thought-out bill to give a sense of security and protection to victims of crime. Outstanding. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Now, this duo, uh, again, Representative Stephanie Pitcher, uh, along with Senator Todd Wilder, they've gotten together on another piece of legislation dealing with bail and pretrial uh, r- release details. What can you tell us about that bill? Well, this is another bill that our office has been working on, and uh, and it's really a, a good approach because this is really recognizes that our notion of uh, definition of bail and uh, and uh, making it exclusively monetary uh, is a very simplistic thing, and it also disproportionately impacts those people who may not have a lot of money, and uh, and and it uh, and we think that money bail sometimes assures us uh, uh, safety, and it does not, uh, because if you're if you have the means, then you can be released, and what we're finding out is there's a lot of people who are awaiting adjudication, but because of a simple bail issue, they are actually costing the taxpayers a lot of money. So what this really does, this bill, is it says that for low-level offenses, which are Class B offenses or below, the presumption is to issue a citation. It does carve out, uh, uh, for the right reasons for public safety, any felony offenses, capital homicide offenses, DV offenses, DUI offenses, where a person uh, uh, is not in Entitled to just simply uh, being cited, but really uh, there is a monetary component to it. But it also def- expands the definition of bail to include other pretrial conditions. So anchor monitoring, uh, 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 you can be engaged in uh, education through treatment and different kinds of issues, but it really starts to level the playing ground uh, so people aren't simply looking for a bail uh, as a financial issue. And what this is going to really do in the long term is equalize the access to justice to our our community as well as making sure that the uh, taxpayers aren't uh, simply holding people while awaiting uh, adjudication. And uh, and it also makes sure that we don't compromise on public safety because it allows me as a public prosecutor to focus on the risk of the person. If that person is a risk to our community, we ask for a pretrial detention order and we hold that person because they continue to be a risk to our community not because they can't make a $5,000 bail. Outstanding. We're speaking to Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill, who's on the line with us now, uh, discussing a trio of bills dealing with criminal justice reform here in the state of Utah. Each of these three uh, is sponsored by both a Democrat and a Republican. These are bipartisan measures. Uh, and the last one, sir, we have about 90 seconds to get through this okay. last one. I, I know it's not sufficient time to uh, to explain this uh, as thoroughly as it deserves. Uh, this, this topic of domestic violence yeah. is very important, but uh, this one sponsored in the Senate by Senator Iwamoto and in the House by Representative Paul Ray. Uh, sir, what can you tell us about this one? So 
so what we know is everybody recognizes domestic violence is a, a, a bad thing, but we also, research shows us that it is a learned behavior which is passed on generationally from uh, our family to our children. And when children are witnesses to it, they're not only traumatized, but they're also learning this behavior. And since the research shows us that this is where the cycle of abuse continues to be passed from one generation to another, uh, it needs to be treated more seriously. So this proposes to take it from a class B offense, which is a general domestic violence. But if you're doing it in the presence of a child, it ought to be enhanced to a class A offense to recognize the intergenerational transference of this uh, uh, this uh, issue uh, uh, of violence. So this is really trying to proportionalize uh, what uh, what we what research tells us. Sir, I'm grateful to you for your time. Thanks for bringing these to our attention. Thanks for coming on the program and explaining to us. Uh, we're going to mark these down and keep an eye on them as they move their way through uh, the legislative process this year. I'm grateful to you for your work. Uh, uh, let's get you in studio sometime soon. You and I can hang out and chat. Happy to be here, and thank you for the opportunity. Take care. Outstanding. Uh, that was Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill. He and his office often get involved in the legislative process, uh, promoting certain bills and helping uh, legislators to understand the need for different things. And, uh, you know, depending on where you stand, you know, you'll react differently to this or prioritize things differently. But he uh, and his office have identified three such bills, uh, and he was explaining to them, uh, uh, us right there. So grateful to the District Attorney. Uh, for uh, for his time there. Listen, in the next segment, uh, we're going to dive into some history stuff. You know, I get a little bit a little nerdy uh, about this kind of stuff. Uh, the impeachment proceedings have uh, drawn me back into history. I've learned things from 1868. I, I never thought I'd know. Well, uh, the State of the Union has a long and storied history. There are some fascinating bits of trivia in its past, and I think that uh, after I share them with you in the segment upcoming, uh, you'll view tonight's State of the Union in a whole different light. That's all coming up. Here on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.